Good morning. God is so good. And, you know, this morning, or this series that Kirk has been teaching into, All Things New, and he said um, he was going away and there's a, a list of folk who are going to be sharing and speaking over the next few months. And, um, and Kirk decided to allocate what we should speak about because we're working through vineyard values. And it's probably about 30 years since someone allocated me what I should speak about on a Sunday. I was like, what? Is that what the Holy Spirit's saying? But in deference to Kirk as the senior pastor of the church, I went, I will preach about what you've given me. And you know what he gave me? Mercy! <laughs> How cool is that? I love it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a vineyard value, but it's also something that just speaks so completely of how good God is towards us. And so thank you, Kirk, officially, formally, for giving me mercy to speak about. And, and, and the other thing is that being of an era where I don't use overheads, you're going to have to really pay attention. I'm sorry about that. One of these days I'll get to do an overhead thing, but you'll probably all faint when I do that. So, But the heading up there is, which you can't see, it says, All Things New... But there's a dot, 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 every day. All things new every day. Every day, his mercies are new every morning. It's in the book. Oh, every morning, his mercies are new. So all things are new every day in God's mercy. Great is his faithfulness. It's in... A book called Lamentations. It was the lament, the lament of Jeremiah. He, was, he lamented and he, he covered a whole range of things. And in the middle of it, he says these things. I'm reading out of a Bible I generally don't read out of here, but it's um, a New King James. But the words are very appropriate. He's confessing his faith in this God who was dealing rather harshly with the people because of their great separation from the, the connection with God. He says, I remember my affliction and roaming. This is in chapter 3 of Lamentations, verse 19. The wormwood and the gall. My soul still remembers and sinks within me. He realises he's made a mess of things or the people have. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed. Yeah, amen. Because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. In the middle of despair, in the middle of a history of disaster and a prophetic forward view that was not good, he's remembering that God is not going to take them out and crush them because his mercies are new every morning and great is his faithfulness. They never end. And I, and I just thought, where did this all begin, God? When did you decide to be merciful? And he said, well, actually, David, right at the very beginning. <laughs> And, and the Lord took me back to Genesis and said, mercy is a facet of who I am. It's a part of who I am. 
We speak about God as creator. We speak about God as being uh, the omnipotent one, and he is. This is God the Father. And, and we say he was before, beginning, and after time, and all of those things, but he is, and his love is unconditional, but his mercy, his mercy is a part of who he is. It's not an add-on. It's not something we tack onto the end of the building. It's a part of who he is, and it's a part of who we are called to be. Mercy is an overt expression of God's unconditional love towards us. When someone says, how do you know God loves you? Mercy. I receive mercy. Mercy flows continuously towards us. His mercy is new every morning. God's mercy is first shown in the garden. Sometimes we, we need to stop and have a rethink about some of the stuff we just roll through at times, like the Passover meal. The other thing is that in the garden, when God placed us in the garden, I'm saying us, mankind, he said, this is all yours to enjoy. All yours to enjoy, but don't eat from that tree. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Eat that tree and you'll surely die. Genesis 2, 15 and 17, if you think I'm making it up, it's in the book. What God was doing in his mercy was not wanting us to be free from the knowledge of good and evil. He wanted us to be free from it, that we might live in freedom and not live in a place of having to judge and be therefore under the law. You see, God didn't want us to know the difference between good and evil. There wasn't any. He wanted us to have communion with him that didn't have any judgment connected to it. I don't know if you thought about that, but that's the plan he had in the beginning. That we wouldn't need to know what was right and what was wrong because there was no right and wrong in the communion that God had for us in the beginning. And that was, that was his mercy towards us. He said, that tree is actually reserved for the devil and his angels in due time. That was what was, that was that, that was there for. But once we ate of that fruit, we gave our allegiance to Satan and entered into judgment. And consequence, the relationship that God had in his love had originally designed for us, which was best for us, we broke it. So the mercy of God was then expressed through him saying, I've now got to take you out of that garden so you won't eat of the tree of life and live connected to death. He didn't want that for us. He, wanted to ha he had a rescue plan. So God's mercy expanded to embrace the consequence of us rejecting his best mercy love plan. The mercy plan of God and expression of his unconditional love had to be modified for us. What it embraces is forgiveness, restoration to relationship, and resumption of full life. They're the three things that mercy speaks of. First of all, forgiveness. Two, restoration of relationship. And three, resumption of the full life. We see this fully played out in Jesus. He came to show us mercy in the flesh and calls us, you and me, to be mercy in the flesh. That's the picture that we're meant to portray to the world mercy in the flesh because that's what Jesus was and who Jesus is Paul in his letter to the Colossians he said I think I marked it I mean yeah so flipping pages Colossians 3 
verses 12 and 13. This is Paul saying this is what it's meant to look like. Therefore, as the elect of God, that's us, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness and long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. We could cross that bit out if you like because it's sometimes a bit awkward, you know. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also you must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Therefore, put on love, put on tender mercies, put on kindness, put on humbleness of mind, meekness and long-suffering. You know, these are the picture, these are the, these are the qualities of the picture that someone gets when they look at you, aren't they? Yeah, well, that's what it's supposed to look like. You know, sometimes it's a bit of a crack in the mirror, but that's the picture that Paul suggests we should look like when people look at us from the world, looking at us as the elect of God, and that's the picture we're meant to portray. Now, the good news is that the blood of Jesus does make that picture come alive in God's heart. So that's how God sees us. And he's encouraging us to say, let the world see you too like the way I see you. But there's a step in the middle. And the step in the middle is, how do we do that? Jesus said, a new commandment I give you. Hmm. We touched on it also earlier. Jesus washed the disciples' feet. And that was the prelude to him saving and saying, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another the way I love you. In John chapter 13, we read that. And there's something that we don't often think about. Again, I mentioned it this morning, is Jesus washed Judas's feet. Knowing he was going to betray him. He didn't single him out and say, you go and do what you've got to do, Judas. I've got to wash the feet of the good guys. He washes the feet of everyone in his love and in his mercy. And he calls us to that. There's an extrapolation of that commandment. So Jesus loved without judgment and with love and mercy. He doesn't hold his mercy back as an act of judgment. Sometimes we do. The other thing was that Jesus, in that action, was being the servant. He chose to wash the feet of the disciples. I remember once when I visited an African nation, it was Zimbabwe, and I went to meet with some people in one of the churches there. And I went to the home of the senior guy that I was visiting, there were two things that happened that drill into my memory. One was when I went to his home, his children 
came and wanted to wash my hands and my feet. And that just kind of was a bit, bit much for me. I was like, ah. Oh. And then I realised I sh- if I said no, I was going to offend them because this was the way they showed that they wanted to welcome you into their home. It was their way of saying, we want to serve you and honour you because you've come from a place to want to bless us. And that was the, that's the only time I've ever been met and, and been invited into that kind of environment in visiting a home. Not that I'm suggesting that you guys need to do that if you invite me for lunch. It's a totally different thing. <clears throat> it's, not, it's not our culture here. But it was theirs. And the other thing was that there was a... And this is just a little side note... Bishop Mazarewa was a prime minister elected in in, uh, Zimbabwe Um, and then uh, Mugabe um, dealt with him and put him in prison. And and a lot of people don't know this, but the Australian government actually did a lot of work behind the scenes to get Mazarewa released from prison. He had to agree that he would not ever stand for politics again because he was popular and he was actually the head of the United Methodist Church in Zimbabwe. And when I was ushered into his office, he was only a little short chap, he rushed up to me and he fell on his knees and he said, would you bless me? And I was, why, why, hang on a second, you know, I was coming in here for you to pray for me. And he said, your country has done so much to set me free. And I said, well, I think it was probably Jesus. He said, yes, but your country did it too. And so there was a thankfulness in this man's heart towards our nation. We don't hear these stories, do we? That, that actually physically happened to me. And so I did pray for him. I mumbled some sort of prayer. I have no idea what it was, but he seemed to be happy with it. And that was all I could mumble at the time. So I'm hoping that God was in it. But it was, it was a confronting moment of where he'd received mercy from a place where he didn't expect to get it, and he put it down to the fact that there were some people who had mercy towards him that were at work behind the scenes. Little side note. Jesus washed the disciples' feet, and, Paul, and Peter said to him, hang on a second, no, not my feet, you're not going to wash my feet. And Jesus said, well, if I don't wash your feet, Peter, you're not clean. And he said, well, wash all of me. And Jesus said, no, you don't get it, Peter. You're already clean. I'm just washing the dirt of the day off your feet. Which is what happens for us each day. We're meant to come and receive the mercy of God daily and say, Lord, for the mess I've made of today, would you just wash my feet? Just give me a bit of a quick hose down. Because you've been fully cleansed before. When you've given your life to Jesus, you're fully cleansed. But when you come at the end of the day and you go, Lord, what a day. Would you just wash my feet and, and let me receive your fresh mercy before I go to bed tonight? And then when you get up in the morning, you go, wow, thank you, Lord, it's another day and I receive your fresh mercy for today. This morning I got up quite early. I, I usually do, but I was up a bit earlier today. And I had a read of my notes and then I said to Carol, I think I'll go to the gym, which I do early. And this morning I, was, I got there about, I don't know, quarter to five, I think, and, um, and as I was driving there, I'm going, Lord, thank you for the day. And there's all this fog, you know. <laughs> I'm going, thank you, Lord, that the fog isn't in the road of what you and I are going to do today. You know, just the little things like that when the Holy Spirit just prompts you in the middle of what's going on. Thank you, Lord, for the fog. It's not going to stop us seeing what you want to do today, you know. Might sound like a bit of a double negative, but it worked for me. So this mercy 
is something that is fresh every day for us. And, and we're the ones that miss it. God's pouring it out every day for you, for me, but we can easily miss it because we get preoccupied with what we think the day's going to be about and what's going on in our head. If we can just move our head out of the road for a moment and let our heart connect with God and say, God, thank you for the day and thank you for the fresh mercies that are going to flow to me today and walk in that. That's the invitation of God every morning. There's no judgment in that. He doesn't say, well, David, I'm not going to release my mercy until you deal with that thought you had yesterday about that person. Now, I don't often have thoughts about people that are unkind, but I'm, I'm normal. I have some occasionally. But God doesn't ever line me up and ask, ask me to deal with my sin before he just delivers mercy. He delivers mercy and then I go, hmm, maybe I need to deal with something. It, it releases in me a love response to God. Now, we can choose to have the love response or we can choose to have the non-love response. Judas had his feet washed. He chose to not have a love response. He went out, washed feet and all, and still chose to ignore the mercy of God that was being offered to him. The prodigal son, on the other hand, when he came to his senses, he went home, and what did he receive? The mercy of the father. It was, it, the father couldn't pour out enough on him. That mercy was waiting to be poured out on him when he came home, and he was, he was clothed in mercy. Same mercy, two people, different response. How do we respond? Do we respond to God's mercy with mercy or do we walk past it and go, ah, you know, I've got something on my mind, Lord. The new mercy is fresh every day. What we're receiving is another layer of God's forgiveness with mercy every time. It just comes from God's heart we need to experience that his mercy actually precedes our sinful harmful actions and reactions you know if God was waiting for us to be cleaned up before he brought mercy we'd never get mercy so he just he doesn't wait he gives us he pours his mercy out and trusts us to connect with that he doesn't hold it back. A lot of people feel like they're not going to get blessed until they deal with all their sin. That's wrong. Just thought I'd say that. I thought I'd add emphasis to that. Once we've given our hearts to the Lord and we are adopted into God's family as his children, we're forgiven. Now, we're in a new relationship. We're in a relationship where we are being blessed every day by God because we're in this relationship. We can choose to walk out from under it or we can choose to walk in it. We receive mercy, we receive it, or we let it go past us. It's a choice we make. And the Lord is inviting us to not miss his mercy. He doesn't want you to miss his mercy. He doesn't want you to put it in a category that says that mercy is not going to get me until I get right. That's wrong. You've got to hear that today. We can choose to let it wash over us. Or we can, and let it change us into being mercy people, or we can let the mercy wash off us and not change us. God in Jesus is so overt in his love for us. 
He wants to change us to be a reflection of Jesus to one another and so then to the world. Because Jesus said in John 13, the world will know you're my disciples by what? The way you love one another. And that's the church. That's us. The world is only going to change when, they, when the world sees how we love one another. Jesus said that's the formula. And the way we love one another is that we receive mercy from one another. Because we've received it from God, we hand it on to one another. We had a fun time at prayer yesterday morning. This was bubbling around in my head. And, and, I, and, and we were talking about forgiveness. And, and I said, that's, you know, unless you forgive somebody, you're not operating in mercy. You know, if you have received mercy and you then want to deal with somebody, Paul said it in the reading, if anyone has a complaint against you, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. I'm just doing a survey to see if I've got any complaints here. No, oh, no, you're all okay. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's important that we don't look at people with our eyes, but we look at people with God's eyes. Jesus didn't ask for a promise of a positive response before washing the disciples' feet. He simply delivered mercy and then said, this is the new way to show the world you're with me. One of the, one of the, the people that had a heart after God's heart, King David, when he um, dropped the ball rather seriously with Bathsheba and then murdered her husband, when Nathan confronted him, I nearly got through it without the interruption from Siri. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Lord. Um, I'll try and stop that happening. I, I've tried many times, but she just keeps in, interrupting me. When David realised his status before God, he went to the Father and he said, according to your... Loving kindness, have mercy on me. Psalm 51. Let me just read it to you. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. He was counting on God's mercy to deal with the sin that was in his life. He knew it was there. according to your loving kindness, to the multitude of your tender mercies. The key for us to be God-like to one another and to love like Jesus is to ask for the Holy Spirit to change us, to see one another as he sees us. To have, because you see, I know this, this stuff sometimes people think, oh, you can't say that or you shouldn't say that, but I'm saying it. God doesn't see the sin when he looks at you. He sees who he made to love. Because that's how he created you in his heart. He created you in his heart to love you. And that's how he sees us. And when we've come to him through Jesus, we're in that state of completely... God looks at us with love in his heart, not judgment. Not, he doesn't look at the sin. He doesn't see the sin. He sees past it. He sees Jesus. He sees us through the Jesus focus. 
He sees, his eyes see the potential he designed into us for life in all its fullness. You know, let that sink in. God looks at you and sees in you the life in all its fullness design he has for you. You can argue with me if you like, but I'll argue that all day long. I believe that in my spirit. He looks at me and says, I can see in you what I designed for you, life in all its fullness, David. Don't miss it. And I can miss it if I start worrying about all the things I get wrong or I can embrace it and say, thank you for your fresh mercy every day, Lord. I want to go with you today and do what you got on your agenda, Lord. Wherever that takes me, whatever that looks like, that's the invitation because he sees the potential in you. His eyes are pools of love, not judgment. Mm. I think that's a yes. Pools of love, not judgment. When God looks at you, he's not looking at you with, you know, if only you'd sort yourself out a bit, David, then we could do stuff. He doesn't do that. He looks at me with love in his eyes and he says, David, it could be a good day if you want it to be. Let the mercy, let my mercy bring it home for us. Well, how would you say no to that? But that's the invitation, I believe, that comes fresh every day from the Lord. So the invitation from God for us today is to look into his eyes of love and let the eyes of your heart receive and then mirror that love to all those around us. This is how mercy can abound. As we receive it, so we show it. We can't show it without receiving it. The love of God is, is to us first for us to show out. But mercy, mercy is the explanation of unconditional love. It's forgiveness, it's love towards the person, it's wanting the best for the person, it's wanting to restore relationship, it, it's doing everything to make a relationship whole and holy. Ah! Mm. We become, we become what we have freely received. We become people of mercy. You know, mercy is a value that we put right up there as a movement. If, if you're here and you struggle with mercy, I, I believe the Lord wants you to just open your hearts up to the more of his mercy, that it will change how you see people, how you see your friends, how you see the world. You know, we look at the world and we see the mess it's in. We can look at it with judgment or we can look at it with mercy. God's looking at it with mercy. Believe it or not, in this time he is. He's still trying to call in all the ones that are roaming around out there before the end comes. It's his mercy that's offering out today. Who's offering it? We're meant to. We're meant to be the mercy people of God in the earth today, not the judgment people of God. It's so easy to get caught up in being the judgment people of God. I... I often say, we're not hired to be God's policemen, telling people what they've got right and wrong. We're not meant to be living in that place. 
We're meant to be living now that Jesus has come and we've embraced life in all its fullness in him, we're meant to be living in the mercy place, the place of God's mercy into the earth, showing God's non-judgment love to all. And, and you know, we're, we're meant to show that before they say yes to Jesus, just in case you wondered. It's not after, it's before, and it's the before that helps the after come about. How cool is that? I'd never thought of that before. It's the before that helps the after come about. Little things amuse me. We're meant to keep on loving with fresh mercy from the Father and we can't do it unless we receive it. So today, the Holy Spirit, I believe, wants to cause us to afresh open our hearts to receive God's mercy in such a way that it will flow not only into us but out through us. And that we can, we can say today, yes, Lord, I want to be an instrument of mercy into the earth, not judgment. We have a mercy centre because that was what was on God's heart when we even planted the church. Mercy was a big part of it. took us a few years to get it, but we got it. And, and, and we've got to be careful that we don't say, oh, the mercy centre's up there. The mercy centre's in here. This is where it's meant to be. It comes out of us. And God's invitation this morning is that the whole world, all those around about us, would see us as mercy people, people introducing them to a merciful God, because that is who he is. Amen? Okay. Well, I thought we might ask the Holy Spirit to do some work in our hearts this morning, that we would have eyes to see people with God's eyes. That's the big trick, because when we look at people, we start to go click, 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 click. If they were different, I'd find them easier to love. And if they only thought the way I thought, it would make the world go so much smoother. You know, why don't they do it because I asked them to? You know, all those sort of things that you have the bubble around in your head. That's not how God sees us. So I'm asking the Holy Spirit to help us to get past judgment and to get into forgiveness, but mostly into receiving his mercy so that we can be distributors of mercy into the earth. So if, you know, and, and when these sort of invitations are offered, you kind of feel like if I don't stand up, people are going to think I don't want mercy. Um, or if I don't stand up, I don't want what God's doing. But my invitation this morning is an invitation from the Father's heart that, he wants to give us all, so you don't have to make a call on whether you stand up or not. He wants to give us all a fresh opening heart to his mercy. So do you want to join me and stand while we pray for that? Huh. Oh, Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence with us. And Father, we thank you that your mercies are new every morning, fresh every day, Lord. And they're fresh. They're not old mercy, they're fresh mercy. They're, they're new mercy every day. And Lord, I just ask that now in your mercy, you would, Lord, touch our hearts. And Lord, 
in your love and your mercy, Lord, wash away the scars that have caused us to have judgment in our hearts towards those around us. Only you can do that, Lord. I thank you, Father, that your love extends through your spirit, Holy Spirit, that you're here to touch hearts and to give us eyes that look at one another and look at others with the Father's heart and with the Father's eyes. Lord, switch off the judgment switch in us. Switch on the forgiveness, mercy switch in us. Lord, if you switch on the mercy switch, that, Lord, we could see people with your eyes. And that we would want to reach out with your unconditional love. Lord, that you would stir us, even as has been shared today, to pray your mercy for others. That other people would know your love, which is unconditional, as we say, mercy, Lord, mercy. Help us, Lord, to be carriers of your mercy, not people that point to it being somewhere else. Change us, Lord, to embody your mercy. And Lord, in your loving power, as you do that, cause us to be able to look past the offence. even as you look past it when you look at us. Lord, that this place would vibrate with mercy, that every life in this place would vibrate with mercy and there'd be a giant vibration that would change and shake the earth around us here, Lord, that this community would be shaken by mercy, that this would be a place where, they come, where people come because there's mercy here in our hearts, That when we look at people, we don't see them with worldly eyes. We see them with your eyes, Father. We see them with the eyes that you look at us with, that we would then say, come, God loves you, and so do we. That we would be a foot-washing people, Lord, willing to serve the needs of others in the daily grind. Thank you, Lord. We can't do this on our own strength. You don't expect us to. You ask us to ask your help, and we're doing that this morning. Not that we're copping out, Lord. We're saying, yes, please, with a deep, deep desire. And we know that that will empower us because it's your power. So come, Holy Spirit, with your power and let your mercy flow into us and through us, Father. In Jesus' name.